and uh, when the children are born, she, she knows which one is the oldest and which one is the youngest. And it's very clear to her because she sees them come out first and second. But if time goes by, even there, well, according to one opinion, even if she leaves the room, then memory plays tricks on people. And people, some people, they like to think of something a certain way, but they could get confused. And so, uh, but apparently not only by a midwife, in several areas in halacha, it is that way that there's an immediate belief. But once time goes by, it's the same as any other debate, your opinion against theirs. Uh, and so it's just an interesting concept that there's like a window where you have belief. And then now and sometimes it, it's, you have belief because you can affect those things. So, you know, you're right there, you, you know, you control it. So that's where the Gemara started on that subject, which is, again, is an interesting subject if you, it, that a person has belief at a certain time and then it's possible later they don't. It's going on in real time right now. Uh-huh. And there's already people denying the uh, Hamas atrocities. Right. Already, there's video evidence that just happened. They're already... Right, right. Actually, it's a blogger that just happened. I see. Right, right. Yeah, so the that that's a good point. Like you know, when it just happens, they they, you know, you have a half a day or a few minutes, and then then it doesn't take long until, till uh, yeah, that is so interesting. Okay, so the more now is going on that subject. Three lines from the bottom, on seventy three B Ayin Gimel Amid Base, Nemon, Bal Mekak. What about? People are at a store, or somebody's selling something, and there's two buyers. And uh, the question is, who got there first? So we believe the seller to say, oh, I sold to this one, not to that one. When is that? That's when he didn't hand it over yet. But if time has gone by and he no longer has it, then he's not believed. Let's see Rashi, three lines from the bottom of his lunch. So he really should know who he's selling to. He can't like take, um, change his mind and say, I want the money from you and not for, especially if the second guy offers him more money. You, you have to figure out who made the offer. So Rashi says that um, uh, you you can't change your mind. You're, that, that's what's called a mishapara, hilchok medik daik. If you agree to somebody, somebody says, I'll take it, and you say, okay, and then you sell it to someone else, you've done something wrong. Because once you agree to sell it to him, you can't sell it to someone else. So it's saying we trust the seller. Now, from the seller's standpoint, why should he care if he changes his mind? So Rashi brings the, the famous concept of mishapara that um, the same one who punished the people of the flood, which is Hashem, he punishes people that uh, change their mind, so to speak, that, uh, that don't keep their word. If you don't keep your word, a person gets a mishapara. So therefore, people like to keep their word. They like to know if there's a bunch of people trying to buy it and somebody gets there first, and I agree that that's the one I make the deal. So we believe him right away. That's coming up later. Two people are they're fighting over it. So at that point, so you're not believed. Then you don't remember already. In other words, before you give it, give it to the people who, who put the money down, 
you make sure who, who put it down first. But if you already gave it, and they're fighting over it, then we don't believe you. That's a, you have belief immediately when it's under your control, but not later. So the Gemara has a question as we turn to today's page. The next Izuz, Miman Nukad. Well, why don't we just see who paid? If one guy paid, it's his. Obviously, it's a, the Gemara said, Lo Srika, the They both paid. So, now, how do two people pay for the same thing? One of them was the first one there. I said, pay me the money and I'll give this to you. The other one just threw the money down. <laughs> he shouldn't have done that. It was already sold. But it all happened in half a second. We don't know which one was first. But uh, we believe the seller to say this one was first. Okay, that's another example of the immediate belief. And, a, and a, a, another example, Nehman Dayan. Two people are in court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the commentary has a little different bend than what you just said. It's not that who did it first, but it says it's not known who he consented to sell it to first. So they both gave the money. But we don't know from the per- perspective of the seller who, who did he have in mind that he was selling it to. I say, but wouldn't he have had in mind the first one that gives me the money? <laughs> because they both they both gave him gave, I think Rashi says is that both gave him the money and it's no longer in his possession he wasn't careful about remembering who he agreed to sell it to so I I thought that it was he agreed to sell it to the first the first person and they both tossed the money on the table it was very difficult to see who was the the first person um, but you have a good point what it, what difference does it make who was first it's who he perceived was first. He's the seller. He makes the transfer when he sees the buyer. And so I guess I was thinking that it had to do, get, you get the slow motion camera and see who put the money down. Um, and he's saying, no, he, it does not even so much who put the money down. It's as Richard is saying, who he, who he thought, who he, 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 he meant to make the deal with. And so that's why he's believed, because he knows in his mind who he thought the buyer was, and that buyer he accepted from. Um, so I, I think, thank you. I think that's a more correct way of viewing it. Okay. And, and then he brings down that in the case where they're they're both, you know, still in front of him and in his presence, then he's believed about which one he uh, had a consent to. But there could be a case where they're not there still. Yeah. Well, the, the Morris case was even after he handed it over, and then they're fighting. It's right. almost like they didn't leave the store. Then we don't believe him already because. It's already a few minutes went by, which is just interesting. Okay, another case. Uh, uh, this has to do with people that go to a, a judge, and each one has their claim, uh, and each one lays out why they think something should belong to them. So we trust the judge to say, this is the one who I said was innocent, and this is the one who I said was guilty. In other words, they, Later on, each one is saying, I was the one who the judge agreed with. And the other one is saying, no, I was the one who the judge agreed with. So we go back to the judge and say, which one did you agree with? So Medemor, when do we say that? If they're still in front of him. But if it's past history, they're not believed. So Umar said, well, why don't you see who got the, uh, they write, they put this in writing. They, they, if somebody wins a case, he gets it in writing. That's called his chus. So why did you see next Who got the, uh, where the court gave him the paper and said, you're right. So the Morris said, Lo it got torn.
I so vanahader vanidainu. Well, why don't we just have them restate their cases, even if we totally forgot they got mixed up and uh, we don't know which one was the right one at the time. So, all right, go back and restate their cases, and you'd like to think the halacha wouldn't change, right? So why can't they just do that? So the Mura said, Bishudi didaina. There's something called shudi didaina, that uh, the judge uses their, their, uh, there are times where it's not clear-cut uh, who's right and who's wrong, and the judge is allowed to use his, um, what do you call that? His uh, discretion. discretion. Yeah, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. The, the, the judge's discretion. And so then you can't rejudge it because you can't repeat the exact discretion at the time. It may be different. And so you can't just go back and redo it. Um, let's take a look um, the way Rashi learns the Shudi Dedaina, the judge's discretion. Rashi, Bedin She'enu Tali Betam. If there's a case that doesn't depend on reasoning, meaning that as far as the reason goes, they're both equal. It all depends on how the judge sees it. It's interesting that there are cases like that. In other words, many cases, you see what the halacha is. One person's right and the other person's wrong. Other cases, it's going to depend on how the judge sees it. Rashi brings an example. Somebody promises to sell the property to Tuvia. It's a public bid, and he says, I agreed to Tuvia. And two Tuvias show up. And uh, they're both equally connected. They're both equally neighbors. And so uh, now uh, we no longer have the seller nearby. So the judge has to interview each one and figure out which one was most likely the one. He uses the word to whoever the judge's heart seemed to be more apparent. She has said how, in other words, if one was a better friend than the other, or one was more likely to have done it, so the judge can use his... Uh, and judges are very good at that, by the way. They see so many cases, they often know when the people are lying. You know? That's what makes it difficult. You know, they see the, you know, in the jury case, they see that the lawyers are able to convince the jury, and the judge knows the truth because he sees so much of this that he's able to pick it apart. Uh, but well, that's, what, that's the way Rashi learns. Tosos has another take on it. Um, the, uh, Tosos is wondering that if the judge saw it that way the first time, wouldn't he see it that way the second time? In other words, whatever facts uh, caused the judge to use his discretion, and so it shouldn't be a problem to just restate the case. Why would we assume a person would change? So uh, Tosos wants to learn a, a difference far. Okay. Uh, and then the question would be why we trust the judge. According to Rashi, it means that the judge has to interview them and come up with the most likely truth. Uh, Tosas wants to say that, uh, okay, and it's an interesting discussion. It, it, we all understand when the halacha is this way, the halacha is this way. But when you get into estimating and uh, using your discretion, then that's the question, how much discretion does a judge have? Okay, this is an interesting subject. Back to the Gemara. Um, I'm going to change one question if I can. Mm -hmm. uh, so we say the judge, even the judge himself is not an to say after they're, if, if they're not in front of him anymore, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, it's, you know, sometimes... This isn't considered like Eid Echad Neman Bisurin or something like that. We couldn't uh, find a way to believe him or something. 
it's not his or maybe it's Mammon, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, there's somebody challenging him. That obviously the Baldin says, no, the judge picked me. And these are things that after time passes, I guess we're comparing this to the two babies that are born that look alike, or to the uh, uh, the two people that are buying the sales. And uh, there's a certain moment in time where it's under the the other person's control, and the other person knows which one he agrees to and which one not, or which one he gave the decision. And then there's, uh, after time goes by, things are just not as clear. Right. He sees a lot of cases, a lot of things people come in and right. out, so he just doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. And even if he says he does, we don't, we don't give him that authority to confirm it that way, because I guess because some people don't remember. Or there are times when he doesn't. That frustrates me. Sometimes memory... Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes you have recall and you remember well, and then other times it's just fuzzy. Like you know, so it's uh, uh, because of that you can't give complete nemanis. Omer of Nachman, Shloshinemanim ala bechor. What about the, the which child was the oldest? Uh, and, and who's the bechor? So there's three people who are who can believe for that. Eluhein, and these are the following: Chaya, the midwife; Aviv, the father and the mother. Chaya, the midwife, right away. Ima Koshiva, the first week. Um, apparently, the, the mother doesn't let go of the baby the first week. That's the, uh, that's the norm. Um, as until the bris or whatever, she doesn't let the newborn out of their hands. Let's see, the Rashi Koshiva, Shadain ain't avid makirbo. And the father hardly has a look at the kid. Shelo yotze mitachas yad imo lakonis the bris. The child was not let go yet. After the seven days, then the father better get to know what his baby looks like. You know, that's already... But the first week, uh, the father doesn't have such a good look at him. Um, let's see. Kol Sheva. Aviv la'olam, but after that, the father knows his kid. The father has to recognize his firstborn, and he can tell other people who he is. A person is believed to say, this is my oldest. Just like a person is believed to say that, this, this child is, is uh, um, not fit to be a Kohen. He's the, mother, he's the child of the divorcee. Or they say, no, he's not believed. And again, we're talking about where there's a reason why there's controversy later on. There's, there's a question. There's some kind of question that comes up and uh, whether the father is believed to about the son's status. Uh, it's a bigger subject, but uh, we have to move on. So we said in the Mishnah a strange thing. We didn't explain it yet. That Abishol had a special name for shtukis. So shtuki was the uh, a woman who, when the child asked about his dad, she says, shh, you know, don't, don't ask. So he called them Badukis. Baduki means from the word Badikas Chamas to check out what does Badika mean over here. My Baduki. Maybe what it means is we definitely have to ask the mother some questions here. She's the one who, who has the information. And we say, uh, di, who did you have relations with? <laughs> Who's potentially the father of this child? And she says, Lakashir Nivalti. I, I only had relations with kosher people. So she, she's believed. And so therefore he's called Baduki because we do have to investigate with the mom. So who is that? Like Kamlil. So the Morris said, Tanina Chadazimna. That can't be what, uh, what the Mishnah would be teaching us because that's an old teaching, the Tanan. 
Aisamuberis, a woman is pregnant, and we ask her, what kind of baby you got in there? So she says, well, he's from so-and-so, and he's a Kohen. We believe her. A mother has belief about her, the status of her child. So that's already learned already. There's another opinion where Yeshua says, Lomi Piu Anuchaim, he says, No, we don't believe her. And we hold like Rigamliel that we do believe her. So why would we need to repeat this lesson over here in uh, in Kedushin? So the Gemara answered, uh, one is um, to uh, regarding her status. See, there the question was whether she could marry Kohen next. So if she had relations with a non-Jew or a Mamza, then she can't marry a Kohen. So one was to make her kosher, and one was uh, for her daughter. So even if she's believed on herself, um, uh, she's not believed in the daughter. But according to the one who says she is believed on her daughter, so then Abishol Mayasulashminan. So why do we even need to repeat this teaching? What's he adding? So Lamora says the Abishola Gamliel. He is adding something from what was previously learned about trusting a pregnant woman about her child. If we had only there, over there, the vast majority of people that could have had relations with this single girl would not have, mostly speaking about living in a Jewish town, would not have uh, made her invalid for a Kohen. But what about if the possibilities were endless, who she could have been with? So maybe not. So that's why we need to repeat it over here. That it's a biduki. We can talk to the mom, and she has a belief about these matters. Let's see Rashi. Last Rashi before the Mishnah. Now, how could most of the people she had relations with be kosher? So Rashi says if she was single. See, if she's married, she really can't have relations with anybody other than her husband, <laughs> and the child be uh, not be. But if she's single, kahuna. And that's the second part. And most of the city was Jewish. Most of the city, most of the potential suitors would have been people who wouldn't affect her kahuna status. But if most of the people wouldn't be, Kigona, Rusa, uh, for example, let's say she's engaged, and she said it was her fiancé, or Penuya. Now, over there where she's married, if she had relations with anybody other than her fiancé, she's in trouble, Right? Oh, Penuya, or she's single, the ain't roy the or maybe most of the city are goyim. So then it would be a different issue. Okay. So again, it's an interesting question. How much credibility do we give the mother about the status of the child? Um, we're also assuming that she's not a gambler or a crook, or, you know, that she's, you know, somebody who you typically would believe. New mission. Kola Surium, the Gemara is going to have to spend some time figuring out exactly what the case of this mission is. Uh, every now and then. Again, that's where part of the oral law was that they taught things in a way that you have to, they need, you, you needed to get the interpretation. So, there are a lot of people that aren't permitted in. They're not permitted to marry a regular Jewish person. All those people who are forbidden to come into the congregation, meaning that they're forbidden to take a regular Jewish woman, wife, they could marry each other. And again, there, there was a list, and we'll get to it in the Gemara again, of the, of the people, the, the lineage problems, one could marry the other. Rabbi Yehuda Usser, he says, no. 
some of them are, are <laughs> they, the, each one is different, so why would you let them marry each other? <laughs> you know, like, so we'll, we'll see what that is. Rebel Lazar Omar, he says, He says, if you know for sure uh, their status, Rashi, Kikon, Mamzerim, Benesinim. If you know which one's a mamzer and which one's a nasin, and meaning that you were sure of what they were, then they, the then the forbidden ones can marry each other. But what about vadim besveken? What about if somebody was forbidden because we weren't sure? So then the problem is they might be of tainted lineage and they might be of kosher lineage. And so if you have one person with a problem marry another person with a problem, and the person with the problem might not have the problem, so then on that side they're in trouble. So, but vade bisveken bisveken bevade bisveken bisveken usher. As long as somebody might be okay, you, how can you let them go ahead? Like this person uh, might be a mom's or might not. How can he marry someone else who might be a mom's or might not? Because maybe he really isn't a mom's or, and maybe the other guy really is. So how can you, he can't marry, we can't marry him because he might be a mom's or. But how can we let him go and potentially marry someone on the side that he really isn't? So that opinion says it's not good. Who are the ones who are in doubt? What are those cases? Those are the Shtuki. We had that before where we can't figure out who the dad is. A Sufi, we can't figure out the dad or the mom. And Kusi, it's a Samaritan. Rashi, who are the Samaritans? Kusid Marmaferish Maisvekai. Gemara will explain. The Kusim, also Shahoshiv Sanchere Ba'ori Shomron. The Kusim were the ones who Sanchere settled in the Shomron. The Ksiv Yavamelachasher. They were from a city called Makos. I don't know where that city was, but that's how they got the name Kusim. We always translate that as Samaritans, but uh, uh, and they converted because they were afraid of the lions. You can, it's a whole big subject of the Samaritans. Uh, first time we've had it, I think the first time in Kedushin about marrying a Samaritan, we're calling it a doubt right now. We're saying that maybe they're good, maybe they're not. There was a doubt about their conversion. So they could either be all good or all bad, right? So that was the question. Okay, let's see the Gemara. So the question will be to figure out the, exactly what cases the Mishnah was speaking to. So my colleague, Sir Mlava Bakal, what kind of people were we talking about who can't marry regular Jews? Maybe... We mean the Mamzerim and the Nisinim and the Shtukis and the Sufis, Hatanu Leresha. We already learned that. Mamzerim, Nisini, Shtuki, Sufi, Mother, Love, they can marry each other. The, the mission is not going to repeat itself. Visu, Rabbi Huda, Asr. And when Rabbi Huda disagreed, which case was he referring to? Ile, Ma'abadoin, Besveikan. If he's talking about the one who's for sure to marry the doubt, Hamadakhtani, Sefer, Lazar, Omar, Vade, Bevade, Mutter. So he says that when they're sure it's okay, that implied that Rabbi Yehuda didn't agree with him. And we're saying maybe he did. Maybe it's about the famous debate about which we've been having a little bit is whether a convert can marry a mamzeris. Uh, again, it's just interesting because the convert's a full Jew, but maybe since they come from the outside, should they want to, they'd be allowed to marry. Now, mamzer is also a full Jew. Uh, but we've had this question that seems to be coming up again and again is whether the mom's can, maybe he was weighing in on that. 
So the problem is, the Mishnah, was he really referring to Gemara Abzir? Was our Mishnah talking about? It said, Kola Ahisurim Lava Bakal Katani. It said, people that can't enter, that's not talking about a, a Gear of Nam Abzirus. Um, Rashi, Kola Ahisurim Lava Bakal, the Gear Lav Min Ahisurim, a convert can enter the congregation. So it, it'd be strange that our Mishnah was referring to a Gear because a Gear is kosher. So, uh, so how are we going to understand this? So now the Gemara is going to try a few approaches. This, how can come? This is what we mean to say. Uh, at least this is going to be the first attempt. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about the Kohanim. Even though, again, we didn't know that. The Mishnah didn't say Kuna. He's saying, because it didn't make sense to talk about coming into the regular kind, because that's the previous Mishnah. So he wants to learn, maybe we're talking about who can marry a Kohen. And it gets complicated here with the gear. See, that, that, um, the gear, we, the, why is that? So there's a debate about what's the problem with the gear marrying a Kohen. Um, not, not, I'm sorry, actually, it means a gear, a giorist, a female gear marrying a Kohen, because the, a male gear can marry a Kohen's daughter. That's not a problem. The question was, a female giorist, which is a giorist, can she marry a Kohen? So part of the question was, the, um, the assumption was that when you got children from the, the women, from the pagans, they were often had relations uh, before marriage. That wasn't certainly not guaranteed amongst the pagans. And uh, um, therefore, in general, a, a woman who had relations with non-Jews is not eligible to marry a Kohen. But what if the, uh, you married her when she was three years old or less? So the concept is, the truth is, even the pagans... They uh, did sin with people, even with babies. They did lots of strange things. But uh, the, the idea is that uh, things that happen before three are not even considered having relations. The, the, the girl was like too little for it to be considered having developed to the point where she would be invalid to marry someone based on relations before three. So maybe we're talking about a Gioris that converted less than three years old, which is no problem. Parents can convert the child. Uh, and then, according, there is an opinion she could marry a Kohen. Uh, because the, this issue that we say there's no way to know what happened to these, these women before they converted, if she's less than three, you would know. So um, maybe the, um, we're going and talking about the girls that are older than that. Uh, and that's the issue. So, uh, and that's not like Rav Shem B'Yochai, it mutter lavo They're allowed to marry each other, and it's telling us that a Gioris is allowed to marry a Mamzer. Um, and why don't we learn, it's even talking about older than, um, the, the, uh, the less than three, why don't we learn that it's older than three, and there, there, were, there was another opinion that said that she's forbidden to marry a uh, mamzer even older than three, even like Rav Shimon Yochai. So the Gemara said then that that would not have worked because mitzide tavra. There would be, um, it w- uh, we would have had a question from the Mishnah. Um, uh, because w- then we'd be saying that the, um, uh, it, it would imply that only older than three she can't marry a, uh, she can marry a mamzer, uh, but, um, uh, but younger than three, she couldn't. And there really would be no difference. That has nothing to, basically the issue of whether she's older than three or younger three only has to do with a Kohen. 
it has nothing to do with marrying a mamzer. And so if we were going into that case, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have fit because it's two totally different issues. One is the issue in general, is a, is a uh, gioris allowed to marry a mamzer? And the other is, is an issue of relations, and that has to do with age. So, El Taima, the reason is the Bashel Shom Yoechad, Hapachus Bashom Yoechad, the Mutter, Lava Bakal Kahuna, Asu Lava Zebaza, Hapachus Bashel Shom Yoechad, the Rishim Ben Yochai, that this rule wouldn't fit because less than three years where she could marry a coin, Umutter Lava Zebaza, and would she then be permitted, to, and according to him, she could marry a Mamzer, and so it doesn't fit the rule. And would that rule also always work? There are people that a Kohen can't marry. They can't marry into a Kohen, but they can't marry, uh, they can't marry a Mamzer or a Nassim. So uh, this explanation that we're talking about people entering the congregation of Kohanim, entering the ability to marry Kohanim families, and the issue was of older than three and younger than three, it doesn't fit because there's other people that can't marry Kohanim, and they certainly can't marry this other group of the Mamzer and the Nassim. Besu ha mutter aser, and is that permitted? It's aser, varigershim. Is it true that this is permitted and, and um, uh, that if they were permitted to marry a Kohen, they would be forbidden to marry these other people, and we had opinions that a gear goes both ways. So, therefore, Ella, which means forget all that. So, um, so strike that from the record, and let's start over again. So, again, our, our Mishnah talked about cases of lineage uh, where they couldn't marry uh, into the Jewish people, but they could marry each other, and we really had some of that already in the previous mission, so we need this mission is definitely talking about a different twist, and so we're trying to figure out what that twist is. So the more I thought maybe we're talking about the people that can't marry Kohanim can marry each other, and so we got lots of questions on that. That's not going to work. So now we have to try again. What's our Mishnah referencing? Um, and the reason, part of the issue that we had was, did it mention a gear? Did it not mention a gear? And is a ger allowed to marry a mamzeris? And is there a difference of before three and after three? Those were, but clearly because there's other women who a Cohen can't marry, who definitely can't marry uh, some of these other people that have bigger problems. Therefore, it really doesn't fit. So now we're going to try number two. Ella Omer Avnasan Barosha. So he's, this is how he's going to do it. Haki Kamer. The, the real problem here is the Mishnah didn't say it. So this is our second Haki Kamer. This is what it means to say. <laughs> It's really an, an open ballpark. When you have a Mishnah that's lacking explanation, you, you kind of have to say, well, this is what it means. Okay, let's try again. Many, whoever a Kohen can't marry his daughter to, and who would that be? If a convert marries a female convert, now actually there's a debate about that. Even if you say a Kohen can't marry a convert, he can marry a convert's child. But what if both parents are converts? Uh, they can marry each other. So maybe that's what we're talking about. So the Gemara says, who is that a rule? The Anyone who a coin can't marry his daughter to can marry each other. Let's say a case of a person who lost his kahuna, that he married Abbas Israel. 
the Kohen also the Kohen can't marry his daughter. But that per, that person can't marry the mamzer and the other people, so we're confused here. So the Mara said, "Lokasha, this doesn't bother us." Because in general, we had a question: Does the cholul go to the next generation? In other words, is it just the first generation born of a kohen who married someone they shouldn't, who the next kohen can't marry, or does it continue on? Rav Dusa ben Yehuda, if you remember, he said that Jewish women are like a mikvah. <laughs> that once a person has a kosher wedding with a Jewish woman, that the stigma of the cholo won't go to the next generation. So Well, what if both parents, the cholo married the cholo, the koinah, and they can't marry each other. So this, this won't fit because that rule doesn't work. And the one who could marry would be forbidden. A gear that marries a Bas Yisrael, the Kohen Mutter Alisa Bito, um, the Kohen could marry her daughter, Umutter Lavuzebaze. And, uh, and you want to say that they could then marry uh, some of these other Psulim. So this bites the dust. This second explanation bites the dust. Let's try again. Ella. Okay. So, um, so again, this had to do with the Kohen's daughter. Before, we thought it had to do with who can ever marry a Kohen. This second explanation meant whoever could marry the Kohen's daughter. And again, each one was nuanced about which categories that referred to. And in the end, the biggest problem is how they can marry each other. You can have somebody that can't marry a Kohen's daughter because Kohanim have an extra yichus, but that doesn't mean they can go marry a Mamzer or, or a Nesino or somebody like that. So now we're going to try again. Let's try explanation number three, Ella. Uh, over here, we're talking about different kinds of mamzers. There's a mamzer where somebody married their sister, and there's a mamzer where somebody from a married woman. Um, and uh, there's gonna, this view is that not, mal, not all mamzers are equal. Which we would, you would think that there's some that are bigger mamzers than other, right? So that's in marriage, there's going to be uh, different levels of mamzer. It depends on how bad the penalty is. Rashi, mamzer meachoso, last skinny line, krisis. A mamzer from your sister, a person gets cut off from. Mamzer meishis ish, that's Mises Basin. Let's continue on, do the next Rashi, ikabinayu, that's the category that we're discussing. La begera fligu. It's not that we're having a big argument about a convert marrying a mom's or anything like that. This view is that you get a mom's from somebody that you're forbidden to marry to be cut off. Anybody born from a forbidden relationship, anybody who marries someone they're not supposed to create a mom's, but and they can marry each other. Uh, one mamzer can marry another mamzer. So, hani chayve krisis, vnei chayve misus, and even though one was from a, 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 there are levels of how bad a mamzer it is. You know, there are levels. Of, um, it, uh, when somebody has relations with their sister and they're both consenting, that's bad, but it's, it's worse when somebody has relations with a married woman, and they're, even if they're consenting, because there's a husband here. 
you know, and there's children, and it's a, it's a bigger kind of sin. And so maybe a mamzer from a bigger sin shouldn't be allowed to marry a mamzer from a lesser sin. So you could say, well, what's the difference? They're all mamzerim. Let them, you know, that the sin is a sin. He says, no, only when we will kill them for the sin do we does it create a mamzer? The other one is not quite uh, isn't uh, isn't a mamzer, and so our Mishnah maybe is coming to tell you that they can't go in, but they can marry each other. Those mamzerim that can't aren't permitted to come in the Jewish people. They could marry each other, like that opinion that one kind of mamzer. So the question is, it's obvious if they're the same mamzer, if both of them are from women that are born from married women, not the husband. So of course they can marry each other. Why would one be different than the other? So what's unique about this shot is that you can have two different kinds of mamzers. Uh, the one from the uh, one from even, and they're both bad, but one's, one's from Chayve Mises based in, and one's from Chayve Krisis. So let's see how this fits. Back to the Gemara. Um, one second. Um, uh, I lost the space. Ella, let's try again from this. A paragraph from the bottom. He says, even if somebody marries their sister, has relations with their sister, and creates a child, even though it's only Chavikrisis. We say only chayv. It just means Basin won't execute him, but God executes him, so to speak, cuts him loose. So it's a mamzer. No, mamzer. And that's what the mission is telling you. So that's great. It fits. So the Morris says, though, but my kamash But this also has been learned in another place. Anyone who can't come in the camp, Rebekiva was the most lenient to making mamzers, by the way. He had a, a lot of mamzers. He said, no, it has to be a key, of course, for Lachadvarov. For Yeshua said, no, Koshakaiva Mises base, and the court's got to be willing to kill him. So the question now is on this last explanation, what new case is it telling us? So forget it. Forget this Pshat. So let's try Pshat number four. Hang in there. We're going to get there. So Ella, Omarava, Gira, Monia, Moavi, Ikabinayo. Maybe he's talking about converts from Amanu Moav who, even after they convert, are not full Jews. They can't marry in. They can marry each other. So maybe that's what it's telling us. Even though they're not letting the Jewish people, and they, 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 could, and they have bad meters, but they have different kind of bad meters, they're allowed to marry each other. So then why does Rebuda disagree? Even though he says that Gir can't marry a Mamzeris, that's if it's a convert that's a good convert that could marry a regular Jew. But what about the bad convert from one of those bad nations? But those would not. So it comes out, and this is the fourth explanation. The Gemara accepts it. We thought, it's interesting, we thought it had something to do with a gear, but a regular gear is 100%. But a gear, Moavi and Amoni, those can't marry regular Jews, so we're saying they, they're the ones that can marry the mamzers. Okay, we will stop here. Have a great day.